Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. That I got is overpriced and you can't get this known. You in your bag now, and you ain't never been a man, you gotta brag now. And you ain't never been the type to finish last now. You made it to the NBA from a class clown. It's crazy how this shit change. Yeah, yeah, they won't love you if you stay the same. Yeah, yeah, they won't love you if you feel your pain. You got that platform, better speak your truth. Penetration through these words, fuck they bulletproof. Time to give me, time to give me. I'm in my bag, oh. And I won't finish last, no, no. Cause I'm in my bag, oh. Alrighty, guys, we are live with yet another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. And today we have a special guest, man. We got one of my brothers. You know, we go way, way back, Edosh days. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Greenbelt, Rec, Jim days. Uh, one of my, <laughs> my closest friends, man, Marquise Reed, man. So, Marquise, thank you for coming on with us today. Alrighty, appreciate y'all for having me, man. No doubt, no doubt, man. And uh, for the people who don't know, like I said, man, Marquise is uh, man, we we go way back, bro. You know what I'm saying? Back, back to the days before, none of us had uh, none of this overseas stuff, none of this D one stuff. Man. It's, been a, it's been a journey, man. And um, you know, for you, I can remember back in high school, man. You you led the area in scoring, um, as a senior. You know, back at yeah. what was it called back then? Was it Capital Christian? Yeah, it was, it was Capital Christian. They went from Prince today to Capital Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I remember, I mean, you you led the, the, the area on scoring, but, I mean, at this point, you still didn't have any offers, man. And then you ended up going to Robert Morris, um, making it to Clemson, you know, becoming an all-ACC guard, man. So, just talk me through that process, man. You know, but before we get to the overseas stuff, you know what I'm saying, all the all – yeah, you know, talk me through this that, that beginning time, man, when you kind of right. had to go from getting it out the mud and, and then just that sure. process that happened over the next two years. Sure, man. Growing up, PG County, you know, it's hoopers everywhere, bro. Like, outside, you go to the wrecks, you go to the blacktop, it's hoopers. So, you're competing against a lot of a lot of competition out there. So, the window is very small, so, you know what I'm saying, they get, they get overlooked. So, it's a lot of guys from my area, man, that got overlooked. And then go D1, and then go D2, booking hoop. You know what I'm saying? Shout out Uncle Scoob, pure example, Uncle Scooby getting it done. That's an example right there, but you know what I'm saying? So I led I led the area in scoring in the same year. I ain't had that many offers. I think I had one offer. Yeah, I had one offer, Florida Golf Coast. I was about to go to, I committed to Florida Golf Coast. And then the coaches end up leaving. Mm-hmm. And they end up going to USC in California. Mm-hmm. So that offer was off the table. And then I was just trying to figure it out, man. You know, so I think I end up um I end up tapping in with Brick with the whole E Days organization. And you know, he plugs in with like coaches. Um 
and scouts and things like that. So I went to a few open gyms, you know, a few coaches in there, caught the eyes of some coaches. And then um, Robert Morris had came. I ended up taking that offer. I know I wanted to go D1. So I was like, man, first time I'm getting them out. Like, I'm for the church. I got to get out. I got to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? So I took that Robert Morris offer. Um, and it, uh, it panned out well for me. You know, I got the uh, freshman of the year. Uh, I think I made second team all NEC. And then we won the championship, went to the NCAA tournament. So that was a real, real productive and successful year. Like, out of nothing, though, like, that wasn't even supposed to be. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just all about opportunity for people where we're from. You get the opportunity, like, you're going to seize the moment. Yep. So um, that that's that's where it went from um, from as far as my, my first year of college. And then uh, I also had a good year, and I transferred to Clemson. Uh, had to sit out a year. Um, and then my sophomore year, I, I came off the bench. Uh, was running up for six man of the year. I think I averaged like 10 points or 11 points off the bench. And that was like the highest in Clemson history for somebody coming off the bench. So I did that. And then we went to NIT that year. And then my registered junior year, that's when we had a big year. We went to Sweet 16. I think we finished fourth in the ACC or third in one of them. Uh, we played, what we played in the tournament? Oh, we played New Mexico State first round, got them out of there, played. Auburn put the whooping on them. <laughs> then we played uh, Kansas, lost in the Sweet Sixteen. So yeah, that was uh, that was one of my best years of college for sure. You know what I'm saying? We had a great team. Uh, we had Shell Mitchell, you know Dante Grantham, Elijah Thompson, Thomas, uh, Gabe DeVoe. Uh, shoot, we had Mark Donnell transfer from Michigan. David Scarver transfer from uh, Bapro. Who's the and that that's Bob cool. Rizzo, yeah. yeah. Papa Rizzo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and we had some good freshmen that was locked in and uh, wanted to help out. So, that was a real good year right there. And then everything just translated uh, to the pro level where I'm at now. You know, I spent three years in France, and now I'm in Italy. So, everything panning out, you know, how God wanted it. You mentioned earlier, you know, just growing up in PG and what that was like. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that it's home to a lot of the you know, richest Black people in America. A lot of people don't know that. So kind of talk to us about what that meant growing up in PG County, what the hoop scene was like, any um, maybe mentors that you came across that you kind of keep in contact through all your destinations, Clemson, Italy, everything. Yeah. Uh, so growing up in PG County, you know, it, it was fun, man. Like, just going outside. Uh, to playing, getting into sports, you know, getting into trouble, just little kid stuff. But it's all like embracing the culture. Like the culture is just so, like you gotta be from there to understand. You know what I'm saying? You know we got different little things. Like we got the go go. Like just going outside. Like Drew. Like where we going? Like we going to La Pearl, but CFP where we at? You know what I'm saying? So it's just little fun things like that to do to like occupy time. And then we got a lot. Like rec centers, so you just go there and hoop all day. Like, I remember being like eight, nine years old, I just go to rec, just post up at the rec all day, ain't nothing else to do, you know what I'm saying? So, just enjoying that that part of life and then linking up with guys that you grew up with and just to see like they want to do the same thing that you want to do in life. So, it's rare that you find those dudes, but when you do, like, you got you know what I'm saying, keep it close. And then as far as like the mentorship, 
Like once I my, my first real mentor was really Rick. Like that's my first real mentor. Um that's why I still talk to him to this day. Like we talk every day we're in the group chat. And he just be giving me advice every day on different situations, basketball, life outside of basketball, you know, fatherhood, things like that. And um my grandfather, he was a another big uh inspiration to me you know he's the one always taking me to AU practice rec ball practice he's the one risking the runner for me like as far as like sports and anything off the court so that was pretty much my uh, upbringing right there they touched a little bit on the first response just talking about that sweet 16 run that you guys had at Clemson and for most people when they think of Clemson right the first thing they think of is, is football you know and football. national championships all that kind of stuff so for you going to a football school, man, and like taking them to the Sweet 16, like what was that time like for you on campus? Uh, what was the vibes like? What was that accomplishment like for you? Just looking back on it now, because it's been what like three or four yeah. years now. Uh, that it, that yeah. it so looking back, just, um, you know, what does that accomplishment mean to you? So, like, when I first went there, bro, I didn't know nothing about nothing. Like, all I knew they was in the ACC for hoops, like, I didn't know how big football was, sports was in general. Yeah. So I went to my first football game. I'm there with uh, I'm there with my teammates and stuff. They just naming everybody. They're like, oh yeah, that's Deshaun Watson. Like, that's uh, Mike Williams. Like, naming all these big time players. I ain't know nothing about it. I'm like, damn, we really nice like that. They're like, yeah. <laughs> so then I think I think that year they end up uh, they end up winning the national championship. National championship. So camp is going crazy. You got like five teams ranked in the top ten. Like, I ain't experienced nothing like that. I'm coming from a mid-major, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm coming from small high schools. Like, so all this new to me, it's like a whole culture shock, but I'm embracing it. Like, I'm having fun. Like, that was some of the, like, fun times in my life, like, at Clemson, for sure. So then, and then that, 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 uh, sorry, wait. So then, when you, when y'all made the Sweet 16, like, after that, did you, did y'all feel the love on campus? Were the fans still like, all right, that's lit. Or was it kind of like, all right, the football school, way we took it off basketball, going to Sweet 16? Like. Oh, no, 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 no. They were showing love, bro. Like, everywhere we went, like, they taking pictures, like, you signed the autographs, like, everywhere you go, the love was there, it was genuine, too. Like, even the love from the football team, like, Dabo, like, he'll come and talk to us before the games. Like, they wanted us to, like, do good, like, because, like, it's been so long since, like, success from the basketball program. So, like, when it happened, like, it was like yes, like finally, like so. Yeah. So now the love, the love was real, was real for sure. That's dope. So when you first got there, do you think you experienced like any issues gelling with the team coming in as a transfer, or do you think that transition was pretty easy? Just with you all, you know, everyone's able to relate with basketball. That's the common thing that you have too. But just because yeah. you're teammates doesn't mean that there's a friendship there. So like, how did that go, kind of transferring in that transition? Yeah. I say like my first year I went there, uh, the team, like my first two years there. So my first year I had to sit out and then my second year that was my first year playing. So those first two years, I don't think like the guys on the team, like they liked, like we was cool with each other, but we wasn't like close. Like you supposed to be like on those championship teams. Like, you know, the feeling like when like everybody, like your brother and stuff, like we had some like groups, like separation, but like when we were on the court, like obviously we went to the war, but like we wasn't as close as like that Sweet 16 team. And like you could just tell the difference between those teams. And that's like 
that's that's why we were so good my uh junior year because how close we were like on it off the court like that matters like on the court like as far as like if you want if you look at the long-term goal as far as like championships and winning and things like that now so kind of fast forward from clemson man like i said you, you had a great career there um you were one of the top scorers in the acc um took Clemson to a sweet 16 and it was going over 2,000 points over the totality of the college career. Um, yeah. You're coming out and you end up playing summer league with the Pistons, if I remember correctly, your first year. Um, and you ended up going overseas to France in your first year. But I kind of mm -hmm. want to talk about it, man, because a lot of guys in your position, man, like coming from a power five, coming from all ACC, come off the career that you had, they're like, man, I'm going to the league. Like, I'm chasing that G League. I'm, I'm forcing my way to the league one way or another. And you've been a yeah. guy – Despite you, just the summer league opportunity, and despite the career you had, I mean, you made a, a career overseas, and you're, you're, I mean, you've been playing at a high level literally from the first year you stepped over there. So, yeah. you, man, like, what was that process like for you, man? Like, damn, like, all right, I'm coming from being, you know, one of the guys in all. Yeah. Should I chase the league, like, or should I go overseas? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's that thought process like for you? You know, what was that time period yeah. like for you at, at that time? Yeah. Uh... You know, I knew I always want to play professionally. You know what I'm saying? Like, my dream is always, you know, go to the NBA. And with my resume, like, I would think I should be there or would be there. But, you know what I'm saying? God got his path for everybody. Um, and I wasn't going to, like, beat myself up on, like, trying to get in the league. Like, it's either they wanted me or they didn't. Like, I want to go where I want it at the end of the day. Like, I love, love playing basketball, but. I want to be out there having fun and being somewhere where I want it. Like, I want to be at a home. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like I should, I should have to chase somebody down to be in your home. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, that's the whole feeling as far as, like, that NBA stuff. Like, I did in my workouts. I had some really good workouts. Um, uh, summer league, I didn't get a fair chance, opportunity. So, I didn't really get the whole – experience like I should have, you know what I'm saying? So at the summer league, like it really just threw me off from the league, bro. Like I really need to act. I really not gonna give me a chance, bro. Like I'm second league, I'm second team ACC, like lead third league school in the ACC behind Zion and RJ Barrett. Like there's no way like a guy like that don't get a chance. And I like I looked up dudes from before that made second team ACC or third anybody who made all ACC like got a chance on the NBA, on the NBA team, like whether it was summer league, training camp or something. You know what I'm saying? So that was just weird to me that it ain't happened like that. But like I said, everybody passed different. So I wasn't going to beat myself up about it. And then um, so after the summer league, my agent was saying um, some teams, like we can wait to get a zip of 10 or whatever. And, um, and I said I wasn't doing like the normal G League. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't selling for, like, the normal G League. Like, I'm, I'm past that. Right. So, I was – I and I gave him a deadline. And I had nothing about a deadline, so I told him, see what they can do overseas. And I gave him a number that I wanted. And I told him to come back when um he got it. So, he got some. And uh, he had, like, three deals. And then the one that stuck out to me was France because I've been taking French since, like, seventh or eighth grade. That's like eighth grade, I'm gonna take French. So it's crazy how it worked out like that. Like that's kind of like my comfort zone outside of English. So the know what's good and I heard the French league is like the closest thing to the NBA outside of uh 
the Australian League, the NBL. So I was like, man, why not? I go out there, take a chance, do what I got to do. And I was hungry, too. Like, I wanted to play. Like, I wanted to hoop. I wanted to, I could be a pro. So that it just felt like that. I went over there, did what I had to do. Like, I was, like, 16, like, four, like, three my first year. And I'm setting myself up for now. So that first year definitely paved the way for my career. So a lot of people, they don't really realize, you know, how much money there is to be made overseas. Or just like the overall perks of, you know, going overseas. It's always NBA, NBA, but, you know, there's overseas as well. So I can kind of walk us through some of those perks of, you know, choosing to go the overseas route. Oh, yeah. You go overseas, man, they take care of you, like, especially in the right situation. I ain't going to say every every country take care of you, but most of the the, the high levels and the so-so levels, they, they take care of you for the most part. So the perks is you get you get a car, uh, you get a crib, whether it's a house, you got a family or an apartment, uh, you get health insurance, which most people don't got. <laughs> uh, you get, um, they, they pay for your food on the road, you know what I'm saying? Um, you get physical therapy, you get all that type of stuff. So you really know, I mean, you spend your money on what, food, gas, other than that, you ain't paying no rent, you ain't paying for Wi-Fi, you ain't paying no cable bill, you ain't paying nothing. Everything tax-free, all your money tax-free, so you're getting all your money. And um, yeah, so most yeah, most overseas contracts be more than standard G League contracts. So I just say my advice is uh, you love basketball, you you love the game, then overseas not a bad not a bad route, you know what I'm saying? Now, kind of speaking on that, you know, uh, you just welcome a new addition to your family. You know, uh, got a got a baby fresh into the world now. You got your family over there in, in Italy with you. For people who kind of don't know how to navigate that or just like, you know, for you, like, what was that process like talking to the team? Like, all right, man, like, you know, can you guys accommodate my family? And then also, you know, what's that just been like being able to have your family over there with you, man? Because me, I'm over here in Japan, solo dolo with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a lot of lonely nights over here. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, right. you just talk about what, what that's like, man, being able to have that comfort zone to lean on and stuff like that yeah. while, while you're over the water. Yeah. No, it's, it's needed, bro, especially, like, mentally and physically. Like, just coming home and knowing that, like, your your girl there or your, your son or your, your your daughter waiting on you, like, that's, that's what you're looking forward to after, like, practice and – and games and stuff like that. The first thing you want to see or talk to is your family. Like, family all we got for real. So, just having them here is just a whole stress reliever. Knowing, like, I can just come home and, and touch them after a long day. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my first three years, my first three years, I was I was overseas by myself. So, I was doing the long distance thing. Like, wife would come out there time to time, but she never stayed out there, like, full time. So, it's our first time, full time. We adjusting, but like we we loving it because like we get to see each other every day. You know what I'm saying? So they're just having that support there. You know when you're not playing good, you know doing the good and the bad, just to have that support there is is needed. For sure. 
So it's a lot of newness, you know, that comes along with overseas. Everything is new, um, language, culture, everything. And, you know, Italy is known a lot for its food. So is there anything that you tried over there that you might have been like, mm, I'm not really feeling it. I'm not really trying to try it, but you tried it and you ended up liking it or just something yeah. like something, any type of food that you've had that has been pretty good. Hey, did I try anything that I said I was going to try? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't really be eating like red sauce pastas, but in Italy, I've been trying the, the red sauce pastas. Like the, uh, what did I get? Uh, it was like a seafood pasta, but they had red sauce in it. So I've been trying that. Um, what else? I feel like I tried something else. Or maybe like the best meal you've had since you've been there, like something along those lines. The best meal I had. Well, the best meal in France I had. I'm gonna start by France. I was there first. Mm -hmm. Uh it's in Paris. This is a restaurant called uh Ziti. And they got like this bomb pizza, bro. Bomb pizza. And it's a Thai restaurant. That's bomb pizza and they got uh pasta. So like you can build your own pasta, but it's like I'm not afraid of, but they don't call it Alfredo. They don't call nothing Alfredo overseas. Like, yeah, I was say, Alfredo is a super American thing, bro. They don't, I came over. Yeah, I, I was in Milan during the um fever break last year. I'm looking at the menu. I'm like, yeah. I'm pasta right away. Look at the menu. Yeah. Ain't no nothing even close to Alfredo at all. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but they got they got they got something similar to the Alfredo. So uh, that's probably my favorite meal. In France and then Italy, my favorite restaurant food so far was um we got the steakhouse here called Don Ingus. And the steak is steak is A1. Like the, the, the meats overseas pause is like way better than the steaks. Because like it's no preservatives, none of that. Like yeah, everything yeah. fresh. Yep. So okay, okay. <clears throat> um how quick quick follow-up. So for people, man, like Everybody hype when they talk about Italy. Oh, the pasta, the, the pizza. Has the pasta and the pizza in Italy lived up to the hype of of the Italian allure? <laughs> you say yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. You say yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had some good pasta here, but I shoot. I don't think it's, it ain't better than the best joint of the crib for sure. I don't think so. Bro. Yeah, I don't think. So. That's a hot take. Is it true? Yeah. You said that true? So the pasta here is better than the pasta here? You're making your own pasta. You're not trying pasta that's authentically Italian. You do it, create your own for the pizza. What's, yeah. what's, what's wife saying for the, for the folks that still She says it's better here. Mm, okay. She says it's better here. Okay. okay. I don't know. I might be biased because I can't <laughs> put her all that stuff. I can't put all the stuff in it that I do at the trip. It's good though. It's good for sure. Okay. You know, we just grew up on it for so long though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you get so different, you like, hey. <laughs> it's all right, but it ain't what I'm used to. Thanks, man. It's good though. Uh, do we want to go to mismatch or yeah, 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 let's get in the match or mismatch. Let's get in the match or mismatch. So um all right, Keith, man. We got we got we got a, a dope segment, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, we we we're gonna get into the uh we're gonna get into your brand a little bit, but first, you know, we want to ask you some some fashion segments. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. You've played in in France and Italy, man. You know, two of the two of the most fashionable countries, two of the most fashionable. You mentioned Paris just now. I seen your flicks on the ground. You was posting yeah. Milan. You know what I'm saying? So, um, what's the fashion been like out there, man, in Paris and Italy? Like, are there any trends that you've seen out there that you're like, all right, they, they kind of fly out here? Like, you know, what are some stuff that, that you've noticed just by the overseas jerk that you can tell the folks? Paris is the flyest city in the world to me. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Cause I, I, is crazy. Listen, hey, we, you, you know Stan Kid? You know Stan Kid? He's from around the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. We just had a podcast with him, episode two. And he was talking about we was talking about the Tokyo drip. I think Tokyo might be the most drippiest city in the world. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't Tokyo, gonna lie. Tokyo drippy, drippy, <laughs> drippy. Hey. Hey. I, 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 I should have cut the guest off, but I had to throw that out there. I'm yeah. biased. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm biased, so I had to throw it out there. I want to let you finish your statement. My fault, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Paris though, like everybody be dressing up that drum, bro. Like from. From shoes, as soon as they come out the womb, they dressing like <laughs> they dressing, bro. I'm telling you, like it's stuff like you never even seen before. Like, like, hey, what's this brand? Like, with so many brands, I be saying like when people walk past, I'm like, bro, like what are they wearing? Like, I'm trying to be in that. Like, I be thinking, I be fleet, bro. They be really fleety, bro. They really, they really got that out there for sure. Okay, people there- working McDonald's, they working at McDonald's, they got their whole McDonald's suit with some Balenciaga. <laughs> like crazy, bro. Like it's stuff like that. Like they, 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 they really do it. They do it. Like I think I heard too that the McDonald's out there is a little different. Like it's not like the American McDonald's on Largo Road. Like what is the no? <laughs> <laughs> what is the difference? <laughs> Definitely not like the McDonald's on Largo Road. The McDonald's and McDonald's overseas be busting. Like it's a restaurant. Like people really take their families there for like for dinner. That's crazy. Yeah. Like for real. Like I got a fear. They, I have not I have yet to be I have yet to go to a McDonald's outside of the airport overseas. Like, I didn't go when I was in Portugal, haven't gone to Japan. Like, yeah, I don't really be eating McDonald's like that. People be saying you should try it, try it. So it's busting, bro. That's the best McDonald's ever, bro. You will never you will never look back. I don't eat McDonald's like that in the crib, but overseas, you never, you never. I, I might just, McDonald's. I might just gotta try it, bro, for the experience. I might just gotta do it. Um, yeah, yeah. I heard too they have like all the menu items, like all the like even from like wings. Snack wraps, they like, got everything. wings, bro. They got wings out here, bro. McDonald's wings, wings. Is crazy. Wings That's going crazy. crazy. They got spice. I was in the Netherlands. We had a game in the Netherlands. They had they had chicken tenders and they had spicy. They had the spicy McChicken. Hey. <laughs> like, they was going stupid, bro. My <laughs> chick was going stupid. No. Um, now, Dosa, have you bought any, like, unique unique pieces, like, that's kind of unique to, you know, Italy or France? Like, for example, in, in Japan right now, like, what's in out here is, like, the oversized stuff is, like, super in. Like, the oversized, like, uh, like the bell-bottom pants or, like, how we do, like, similar to the essential hoodies and stuff like that. People out here yeah. are super, super into that in Japan and, like, I, I had to go to Zara, cop a little fit. You know what I'm saying? I had to flick out. I threw on the gram last week, you know. But for yeah. you, was there any pieces you kind of seen? Are people were like, oh, man, that's, that's dope. I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to get with that a little bit. Like, as far as the fashion scene. Yeah, there, for sure. It's a couple brands out of where I copped out Paris. Like, one of my brands, what's it called? Jock, Jock Meese. Jock Meese is brand. I got to get That's crazy. Jock Meese. 
Yo, you know what's crazy, bro? bro? This is a real story, bro. It's a real story. So I'm in Milan last year for Fashion Week, bro. So yeah. uh, I knew this promoter through one of my homies. He, had put, he plugged me in. So we in yeah. this section, bro, and I'm seeing nothing but supermodels. I'm looking like, I'm like, yo, nah. like. And the thing is, I know the supermodels because they super, like, petite and, like, they look crazy. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Female? Then you know, this white man comes out the creases, like, passing me shots. Next thing you know, this girl comes up to me. She's like, you know who that is? I'm like, nah, who is that? Like, bro, she pulled no the way. Like, she pulled the purse, the little uh Zaquimus joke. Hey, that's him. I'm like, this him, bro? bro. I'm looking up his Instagram. I'm like, that's him, bro. I got a picture of him on my phone, like right now. Like, we in the jock me, bro. I got a picture of him on my phone right now. Feel me? I was that's crazy. on camera right now, but I ain't going, you know what I'm saying? What happens in Milan, stay in Milan. So I ain't going to do that. But yeah, we was litty. Uh, that's litty. crazy. Hey, nah, I got to see that after this, though. I got to see that. I got, I got you. you. I sent it to you. Beast, y'all. That's hard, bro. His stuff, his clothes hard, bro. And like his bags for women, like them joints go crazy. Got the little uh, the mini bags. So when you try yeah, to like, it's, yeah. it's enough just for the phone, the lip gloss, and the keys. You just uh-huh. that. Yeah. You I thought he made clothes. I thought he was just uh bags. Clothes. Oh, the clothes. Damn. Why have I got a cop stuff for bro? Then I got a cop. Crazy. What else? What else I got? Uh, the uniform. Oh, another another Paris head gym called Uniform Paris. Uniform Paris goes stupid. Word. Look it up right now. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> the prices might be crazy, but just look at it. Like it's it's bleak. And what, what's the other thing I got? What's the lavin? Lavin. What's the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lamb in Paris. Yep. Yeah. No, no, not Lamb. No, that wasn't that. It was Sandro. Sandro. Sandro Paris. Sandro uh, Paris. Oh, I heard about that as a rap song before. I heard, I heard, I heard about that before. I, I think somebody rapped about it. Yeah, like you saw what I wore in my uh my baby shower. Hmm. Yeah, that that was Sandro. Okay, that overseas drip for yeah. that. Making the people. Yeah. Making the people. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, what else? I got a bunch of I got a bunch of hand gems out there. I usually like like I go to Kiff and like they be having like the Kiff and Paris, bro. Yes. Like they be having all the drip in there, like. There's all the different like designers in there. I just, like, went, French to the design. I just went to the kit in Tokyo like uh, last week. I was at the kit in Tokyo and I joked asking right. there too. Yeah, crazy stuff, bro. Crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back. Yeah. I have to go back, man. But so I, 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 love. I can't go too crazy, man. Right. I spend my whole check in there. Be, be, be man. bad. <laughs> man. Uh, nah, man, but. But um, you you have your own brand and um, you know that you started in, in Hanover Clothing Company and you know for you man just yeah. talk about that like what what inspired you to start that like you know I mean like I said I think being from DMV like I think we we always been putting it on you know what I'm saying but for yeah. you what inspired you to kind of get into the fashion lane you know what I'm saying and start your own brand? Uh, honestly, bro, it happened because we was bored one day during COVID. So we bored one day during COVID. We get, I get back from overseas, and me and my girl we in the house at my dad's house, and um, we had we was like, man, you trying to make some hoodies? And she was like, yeah. So we went to the store. We got we got some Walmart gilded hoodies, and we got some um, what we get some, what was it? What was it? So we got some tie dye. So we uh. 
how we do it? I forgot. You wet the you wet the hoodies, we wet the hoodies up, put them in water. And then we what just sprayed the we just sprayed we just out of them joints. Let them <laughs> we let them joints dry. And then like we 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 ordered some uh like patches like off Amazon, right? We ordered some patches off Amazon. Iron them joints on. There's like iron on patches. Fire though. Iron them joints on. They were just posting them joints, bro. And then my DMs just started going stupid. It's like, bro, you selling these? It's like, yeah. It, we made like 10 of them joints. Them joints were sold in like 30 minutes. All 10 of them. Hold up. What's up with this? <laughs> we didn't think nothing. We didn't think nothing of it. So we, we got bored another day. We did it on some, uh, we did some more hoodies. This time we made like 20 of them. Did the same thing. And posting them joints. Then like an hour. Them joints sold. We like, all right, we gotta do something about this. Like this 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 job like getting getting crazy. So like we just kept we just kept going with it ever since then. Like and then we went from like we started off with the tie-dye stuff, like the tie-dye hoodies, shirts, shorts. And then when, like we just started like really like selling it down, like, all right, what we wanna do. And then we just came up with the Hanno. We came up with the name Hanno. Like we were searching for names for a long time, but the Hanno just hit. Cause my grandma always said like she wanted me to like create a business like with something to like do with God or whatever. She 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 Christian, you know what I'm saying? In the church. I always grew up in the church. So I'm like, all right, let me let me see what I can do for grandma. So the handle hit me boom. And then in German, it means a gift from God. I was like, yeah, that's it right there. It's handle hard. And then everybody gonna ask, dang, what handle me? And then in German, it means a gift from God. So spanked them right there. <laughs> and then, uh, we uh, and then yeah, we just started taking off from there. At first, we started doing our own logos, like doing our own logos on the computer. I was like, "Dang man, this one time consuming." I'm hooping, I'm doing all this other stuff. I got a lot going on. So then, I hired a little um graphic designer. So all all my new stuff now, like I got a graphic designer doing everything. Like I come up with the idea that I want, I tell him, and he just created for me. So. That's how that started, and like it's been booming now. Like all my everybody, for real, for real, everybody back home be wearing it. My dudes in the league be wearing it. Like a whole bunch of famous people. Like it's it's really going up. So I just I'm, I'm just trying to keep going with it. Now I'm trying to have the whole world in it. So being that you know you all started it during the pandemic, did that add any additional challenges, or did it kind of in a way? make the pandemic a little bit more enjoyable because now it's like, okay, it's this thing I get to wake up every morning and create. I mean, of course, you're still playing basketball, still working out when you can, but yeah. like something else to look forward to while everybody just, you know, making it seem like it's this gloomy time, but here you are, you know, creating yeah. all these things. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It was like, it was, it was a fun time for me. The pandemic was fun. Like we were doing all that creating, like it gave us something else to do. Like I couldn't really get in the gym like that. So I'm shooting outside on the court with my dad court. And then I'm like, dang, what else can I make today for the clothes? So it just gave me something else to do and, and enjoy the pandemic. And like, shoot, it just opened up my create creativity even more. Because I like creating things and stuff like that. So that just gave me like a little more downtime, you know what I'm saying, to focus on like my craft like that. So like, I mean, you just mentioned it in your previous response about how, like, you had a bunch of players in the league wearing your stuff. 
I'm always see you repost people, man. I'd be like, damn, my boy, my boy, he, he doing all right, man. People launching that joint for yeah. Um, so for you, like, how how has that felt for you, man? Like just seeing something that you started on a whim on a lazy pandemic day, and then seeing it receive the support that it has from people playing in the league and yeah. people wearing it all over the world. Like, what does that mean to you? Um, you know, for being yeah. where it started. It's lit, bro. Like, I just to wake up, like, dang, Miami Heat was supposed to be on the head page. My boy Haywood. I'm like, dang, that's tough. Like, man, she she hit me. She sent me the page. She sent me like this story. Like, dang, look, he just posted Haywood. I'm like, yeah, that's lit. And then like another day, like the Bengals, they post my boy T Higgins. I'm like, dang, like this joint really, this joint really taking off. Like people really seeing it. Like it just shows like all the hard work paying off, and like people like. And people like, like I'm just glad like my stuff ain't trash. Like, <laughs> cause like if my joint was trash and that joint was out there, like I don't know how I feel, but like no doubt I'm putting out good quality stuff. That that means a lot, you know what I'm saying? So I take my time. And when I put out stuff, like I just don't be trying to put out stuff just to get it out there. Like I really be trying to take my time and like yeah, make sure like the quality there, everything. Mine's quality over quantity. Um, one thing, man, like, obviously, like I said, so you got your own brand, you kind of got your own influence and like, you know, your vision as far as where you want, how you want the clothes to look and things like that. Do you feel yeah. like in Europe at all and like seeing it, for example, what you've seen in Paris or now being in Italy, seeing the things that the fashion scene has going on out there, do you think any of that has kind of influenced your brand or have you kind of taken anything from the overseas swag to try to incorporate that into the clothes that you make? Yeah, for sure. I got some stuff up my sleeve, bro. Like, I'm just waiting. Like, I got so much stuff in the arsenal, bro. Just cooking up. But no, I definitely got some influence from 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 Paris for sure. Italy, I ain't get to experience too much yet. I gotta go to Milan and experience Milan. But I'm going to Rome next week, so I'm gonna see what what they talk about there and see what I can piece together. You know what I'm saying? Because I heard Italy like Italy got some swag, especially like Milan. So I want to see like the difference, you know, between the two. Thanks. Um. Man, I mean, I think the question that's on my mind is just like, you know, what's the vision for a handle, right? Like, obviously, you're you're playing right now, right? You're a full-time hooper. It's not like, you know, you, you hoop on the side. Like, yeah. is, and, and you're playing at a high level, you know? And yeah. I think this is, um, you know, to speak on me personally, I feel like this economy right now is such a unique time for players where you see a bunch of players that are stepping into a bunch of different avenues. Like, if you look in the league, right, yeah. now, you got dudes like – uh, Jordan Clarkson, who's like an ambassador for Lululemon, you know, in the fashion scene. Kyle Kuzma is doing Tiffany brands and Pat Puma fashion shows and all type of stuff, you know. And for yep. you, you know, being a player, I would say in the overseas lane and starting your own fashion brand, like, what do you feel like that looks like for you, you know, down the line, right? Like, you know, ideal, you know, best case scenario, like, you know, where do you see Hanno going um, and how yeah. do you have it? plan on incorporating that you know into your playing career because at the end of the day they're both large parts of who you are today you know and I think that yeah. there's no better time than the present to be a basketball player and you know be multi-dimensional and kind of especially stepping into that fashion lane now especially yeah so like for Hanno like at this point like Hanno's like a part of me like it's a part of my brand like it's a part of my family so like I'm also doing for the enjoyment of me and like people like enjoying it you know what I'm saying? So, like, I don't really do it for, like, the clout or, like, the money or whatever. Like, I don't really care about, like, making money from it. 
and stuff like that. I, I just care like to see people like wearing my stuff. Like that's them, that's that's him or that's her, and like Marcus Reed or that's them and Taylor Reed shirt or jeans or something like that. So just to know that my name is on some beyond basketball is would do for me. That's dope. That's dope. Are we gonna get baby gear anytime soon, or are we just going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I know I'm cooking people. Too. You know people. Oh no, I don't have nobody in mind. But I was just thinking, you might as well do the baby gear. I mean, people they oh. get babies and all types of stuff, Gucci, yeah. cream, all types of stuff. Might as well put them in yours too. Facts, facts, that's facts. Yeah, like I said, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff up to sleep. Say no more, man. We definitely got to get wife hair flowers too on the podcast because, like I said, you know, this was a brand that was started by you know both of you guys, and you know, definitely want yes. to her flowers for her um her role and everything. And like I said, man, you know, uh flowers to her, man, and flowers to y'all just for everything you guys are doing with your brand, man. But um, kind of bringing it all together, man, to a to a close a little bit. Um, I wanted to kind of end the end the show on this, you know. Um, obviously. You talked a lot about it in the beginning of the podcast, just about you know one of your first mentors, right? And and Rick and just yeah. the impact that he's had on your life. And I feel like I can say the same, you know, just on everything that Rick's helped me do, just navigating certain situations. You know, for me personally, I can say that I know for a fact I wouldn't be here where I am today playing overseas basketball if it wasn't for Rick helping me navigate through my whole senior year situation at Quinnipiac with the my back injury and the red shirt and you know, getting the copy yeah. and all that and being able to have that last year that I had that ended up propelling me to be able to be a pro, you know, and yeah. even just outside of basketball, man, just if it wasn't for Rick, man, you wouldn't even know each other for real. You know, bringing all of us right. together and Ace and Wiley and Corey and yep. Rocky and everybody, you know, from like, it's crazy because we all from the same place, but we didn't all really connect at, you feel me, if it wasn't for Rick bringing us all together, man. So, um, I wanted to just talk about, you know, just give my man Rick his, his flowers, man, because I think a lot of folks from DMV might not know the impact that he's had on a bunch of kids' lives, you know. So uh, mm -hmm. I just wanted to give you opportunity to kind of talk about that, man, and just talk about the impact that EDAS, uh, Teen Society, that whole – Rick's whole thing has had on, on you. Uh, Rick a real one, bro. Like, for the first time, I stepped in the gym. Like, he been sincere and a real dude. Like he, I went to an open gym because of my coach, rest in peace, Van Winfield, sent me to an open gym at Greenbelt. And Rick happened to be there. And some coaches ended up being there. So I ended up chopping up with Rick afterwards. And like it was up ever since then. And when I can say about Rick, like he really in it for you. Like he ain't in it for none of like no clout, no fame, no money. He ain't never asked me for a dime. Like, he just wanted the, the best for the kid, you know what I'm saying? And he was going to do whatever it takes for you to succeed, you know what I'm saying? He basically, like, poured he poured everything he had into us, bro. Like, no matter what our situation was, what different steps or, like, parts of life we was in, like, he was there to help us take that next step, and which is why a lot of us, is doing what we do now. Like a lot of us still hooping. A lot of us got jobs because of Rick's. Like he put us in position to get jobs. Like people coaching now. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff everybody doing right now. Like we all went our different routes, but it all leads back to the centerpiece of Rick. Like branching us out everywhere to be successful. 
So like flowers to Rick, man. And uh, you know, Rick, he know he got the he, he coaching the middle school and stuff. Yes, sir. And so yeah, so I, and now I'm a little sponsor for them. That's so cool. like that felt real good to like give back to a dude like that to help me get to where I'm at today. So shout out my man Rick. That's dope, man. Yeah, I think you know I, I definitely agree with everything you said, man. You know, but can't give Rick too much, too much proper head because you know his his head gonna get big. You know what I'm saying? So I let him know this is Rick. You still, you still bum. You still can't shoot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting to see if you can coach this here on that middle school team. You feel me? I'm gonna put it air, man. If you're gonna be Penny Hardaway, you gonna be who? Like, what you gonna do, man? You gonna what you? How you gonna do all the talents you got? You got a little Ricky on the mob. You still, you the you still, team. you still owe me. You still owe me some meals on the E days card. Oh God, me that. too. So when I come home, we <laughs> get the swipes. You feel we coming to the show, Rick? <laughs> nah, for sure, man. But um, now this has been this has been a great conversation, man. I definitely love chopping up with you. Um, and getting okay. to talk to wifey a little bit, you know, from the side, getting her input as well. You know what I'm saying? So um. <laughs> Definitely shout out to y'all, man. I'm, I'm proud of you, bro. You know, I'm proud of everything you've been able to accomplish, seeing you get buckets, you know, all over the world, literally. You know what I'm saying? So um, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, yeah. we've been locked in since we was teenagers. So to see us now as men, you got a family now, it's, it's definitely uh, yeah. a pleasure to me, man. So like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I'm proud of you, bro. And like I said, I know I'm going I'm to I'm I'm see you soon in the summer uh, for sure. For sure. Appreciate it, family. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. Y'all stay safe, stay blessed. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Alrighty, guys. This has been another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. Make sure you guys are liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast, giving us a five-star rating. It does go a long way. If you listen to this podcast, just go ahead and tap that, that five-star rating. You know, subscribe if you're on YouTube, wherever you're seeing this at. Um, you know, it definitely goes a long way to helping this podcast get pushed out, man. And uh this is going to be my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the outro. So make sure you guys stream his music. That was him on the intro as well. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time, folks. Peace. Already. This has been another episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast, presented by Bet Online. NBA from a class clown. It's crazy how this shit changed. You in your bag now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.